small straw basket, but she probably hadn't any. The Hemulan, who had built the foundling's home, snorted her customary snort and clamped a numbered seal on my tail to avoid mixing me up with the other Moomin children. There were a lot of us, and we all soon became grave and tidy youngsters, because the Hemulan had a most solid character and used to wash us more often than she kissed us. Still, she had one little weakness. She was interested in astrology, and every time a Moomin child was found on her doorstep, she observed the position of the stars. They seemed to be most important things. Just imagine, had I come into the world only half an hour later, I would have felt compelled to join the Hemulic Voluntary Brass Band, and one day earlier, Only gamblers were born. Mothers and fathers should keep such things well in mind. But when the Hemulan looked at my stars, she just shook her head and exclaimed, This will be no easy moomin. He's over-talented. I think she was right, except that I have always felt at ease with myself. I'll never forget the house we lived in. It wasn't like a moomin house at all. No surprising nooks and corners, no secret chambers, no stairs, no balconies, no towers. The foundling's home was bleak and square, and it stood on a lonely heath. I remember the fog and the cries of the night birds and the lonely trees on the horizon, and dark corridors with rows and rows of doors opening on square and beery brown rooms. I remember that nobody was ever allowed to eat treacle sandwiches in bed, or to keep pets under it, or to get up at night for a walk and chat. I remember the dismal smell of oatmeal soup. And just imagine that you had to carry your tail at a certain angle when saying good morning to the Hemulan. Have you washed your ears? she inquired. Whatever are you thinking of? she asked. Please be sensible, she said. I wasn't sensible. At first, I was only unhappy. I used to stand before the mirror and look deep in my unhappy eyes and heave sighs such as, Oh, cruel fate! Oh, terrible lot! Nevermore! And in a few minutes, I felt a little better. But then spring came. It came all at once. Shoots and sprouts pushed dazedly out of the ground, crumpled like the ears of newborn moomin children. New winds were singing at night, and the world was full of all kinds of whirring, chirping, and humming noises. Everything was new once again. And one day I heard a calm, regular thunder far away. The sea had shed its ice, and the surf was breaking on the shore. But we were never allowed to go to the shore. I walked about, all alone, thinking. I thought of everything I've just described to you. Of stars, hemulans, square rooms, tail seals, and the surf. 
and I expect you'll understand that I decided to run away. There simply wasn't anything else to do. The escape was easy, almost too easy. I had only to wait until everybody was asleep. Then I silently opened my window and made fast the hemulant's clothesline to the ledge. Very silently, I slipped down to the wet ground and stood there, listening. The surf was there as before, and so were all the night sounds. I had never heard them more clearly. But before I left, I laid a letter on the same doorstep where I had once been found in a newspaper parcel. It read, Dear Hemulan, I feel great events awaiting me. Life is short. The world is enormous. Perhaps I shall return one day.